Welcome to this podcast series titled Engaging Politically with Grace and Truth. The political arena has become a battlefield. Party lines are more polarized now than ever before in my lifetime. Democrats are more left-leaning and Republicans more right-leaning than they were just two decades ago. And each side sees the other as an existential threat to the nation. This has led to a lot of shouting rather than dialogue, name-calling rather than collaboration, and fighting rather than fixing. What makes matters worse is how much of this unrest and contention has shown up even in the church. It seems as though even Christians have taken to fighting their political enemies rather than loving them. Shots are fired over social media or in small groups that only lead to further polarization rather than greater understanding. This ought not be so. In this podcast series, we will seek to help you think biblically about the role of government and how we should make decisions about public policies and potential candidates. May our decisions always be informed by God's Word, not Twitter or any cable news channel. And we will also be discussing how we maintain unity with those with whom we disagree. Not all Christians are going to agree on all political matters, and that is okay. What is not okay is to look down upon or behave in any way less than loving toward those with whom we disagree. It is the gospel of Jesus that binds us together, not our political parties or agenda preferences. We hope to create four podcasts, releasing a new one on a weekly basis. Corey Gusky and Jeff Howell will be joining me in this series and adding their wisdom and perspective. At the end of our series, we will be having a question and answer time. You can send your questions to questions at faithcommunitychurch.com anytime during this podcast series. We will do our best to address as many of them as possible at the conclusion of this series. In today's podcast, I have two goals. First, to show you from Scripture that human government is God's good plan. And second, to show you from Scripture that Christians must engage in politics. Let's begin with human government as God's good plan. I have often run into Christians who either by their words or their actions communicate that governments don't matter. I have also encountered my fair share of believers who are so disgruntled with all the perceived lies and false promises of governmental officials that they have tuned out entirely because they think there is no hope for anything to change. For some, it seems as though they could do without government at all. Yet the Bible paints quite a different view of human government. In Romans 13.1, we come across these words, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. The Bible teaches that human governments are not the product of human imagination or invention, but rather are instituted by God himself. Most theologians believe that the institution of government occurred all the way back in Genesis 9, verses 5 and 6. Adam and Eve were created to serve their creator God and to partner with him to rule the world, but they rejected his rule in Genesis 3. When mankind went rogue, things got really bad. It got so bad that God had to send the flood to wipe things clean and start fresh with a new family, Noah and his kids. But when God blessed Noah and his sons and reiterated his commands to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, there is the harsh reality that the world is no longer a peaceful place. 
The animals will fear mankind, and mankind is given permission to kill and eat. And in this new fallen world, God adds these words, And for your lifeblood I will require reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. When God gave these instructions, he was not instituting a vigilante ethic. He was instituting a new restraining institution to ensure injustices did not go unpunished. Mankind collectively would be endowed with the authority to take the life of another as a just recompense for his murderous action. In these early pages of scripture, we see God's gracious gift of government. Government was God's idea, not ours. But what is the role of government? What did God institute it to do? The Bible gives us at least two purposes of government. First, government exists to ensure justice is done. The biblical concept of justice means to render right judgments. It carries with it the basic idea of treating people equitably. God created every human being in his own image, and therefore we ought to treat every other human being with dignity and respect. But in our fallen condition, we do just the opposite. We tend to oppress others for our own personal gain. God hates this, so he created an institution, human government, to provide a way for justice to be sought and found in this fallen world. We see this in Genesis 9, verses 5 and 6, where God affirms the value of all life, requiring a reckoning from anyone who takes another life because mankind is made in God's image. Justice requires that all be treated equally. Even a governmental leader or official is bound by this same principle of a life for a life. And that judgment match the crime. Government was God's gift to address a world filled with violence and injustice. The second purpose of government is given to us in Romans 13, 1-7. Here we see that God gives us government to promote goodness so that life might flourish. Government is to curb bad behavior, it bears the sword for this very purpose, and to encourage good conduct. A government is right to punish the thief who is hurting the business of a conscientious store owner. A government is right to incentivize good behavior that will lead to a better society. When the government does this well, it creates a platform from which communities can flourish. It ought not surprise us that God instituted human government in the time of Noah, back in Genesis 6, before he called Abram to bless the nations in Genesis 12. Human government would be necessary for people to live quiet and peaceable lives and would become a channel through which God's redemptive plan would unfold. I hope you see from the scriptures that human government is God's good plan. He instituted it for the purpose of rendering justice and promoting goodness so that life might flourish and his plan of redemption move forward. So we ought not complain about government. It is God's servant for our good. And we ought to evaluate a government on how it is doing at its God-given purposes. Is it rendering justice? Is it promoting what is good so that life might flourish and the gospel go forth unhindered? But the scriptures not only teach that human government is God's good plan, they also teach that Christians must engage in politics. Now, some of you are already bristling at that statement, as I imagine perhaps there's others who are applauding. Let me unpack this. 
First, we are commanded in Scripture to pray for our governing leaders. Look at 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We must ask God to work through our governing authority so that we might live peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. Put another way, good governments benefit the church by allowing the gospel to go forward unhindered as we seek to live godly lives. So we must engage politics first from our knees. The Bible also commands us to be good citizens. We are commanded to pay our taxes, Matthew 22, 21, Romans 13, 6, and 7. We're to respect and honor our leaders, Romans 13, 7, and Titus 3, 1. And to live properly before outsiders, 1 Thessalonians 4, 12. A good Christian should make a good citizen of any government. If our government expects certain good behavior from us, we ought to humbly oblige them. For us as Americans, this includes voting, speaking up on legislation, and even running for office. Finally, Christians ought to engage in politics because we care about justice. Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. God requires that justified people care about justice, just like he cares about justice. If our government gives us a voice in protecting the unborn, caring for widows and orphans, maintaining the dignity of all people, helping the poor or oppressed, we ought to seize these opportunities to do justice with our mouths, with our actions, and with our votes. I hope you see that Christians must engage in the political arena. We're going to talk quite a bit in the upcoming podcast about how we're to do that with grace and truth, but I want to give you a broad overview of what our involvement should look like. I hope I have convinced you that our position should not be that of withdrawal. We cannot run. We cannot hide. But neither should our position be warrior. We are not soldiers trying to win a political battle. Our future does not rest in any political victory or loss. We aren't fighting for our lives because Jesus has already won the battle. God has made him king, and one day soon all will bow the knee to him. We live trusting in Jesus and resting in the hope that he alone brings. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and we are already citizens of his kingdom. So no political battle is a matter of life or death, hope or despair for us any longer. So if we're not to withdraw or to be warriors, what should our posture be? We are to be ambassadors of the king. We aren't trying to win a war. That matter is already settled. We're trying to represent a whole other kingdom. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20 says that we have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Our power is in our message, our words. 
Our position as ambassador for Christ ought to remind us of what is most important, the advancement of the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. What good is it to have a just government ruling over a lost people on their way to hell? Our mission is not to fix the government, it is to reach the nations with hope, love, and life. But as Christ's ambassadors, we also want to speak for him and act for him in matters of justice. We must boldly but lovingly proclaim that life is sacred and all humans are created in his image. We must insist that God designed for marriage to be between one man and one woman, and it can never be redefined even as we do go about defending the human dignity of all people. We must speak for the oppressed and those without a voice. We must care about the plight of the immigrant and the widow. Jesus cares about all these things. And if we are his ambassadors, we will speak up for these things as well. I hope this podcast has helped you see government as God's good plan to exact justice and promote goodness for the flourishing of life and the expansion of the gospel. And I hope you see that we, as Christians, must engage in politics. We must pray for our leaders, be good citizens who pay our taxes, honor our leaders, and live properly before outsiders. And we must engage because we care about justice. We aren't called to withdraw or enter as a warrior. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. Let's make sure we are always speaking for him. And if you are looking for a really practical way to engage in politics, make sure you're registered to vote in the upcoming election. You can stop by our voter registration table on Sunday mornings for more information. Join us next week as we consider how to safeguard ourselves from taking the stance of warrior. God has called us to a much higher standard in a more excellent way, the way of love. Corey Gusky will be our teacher next time. And we hope to have that podcast loaded next Monday. We hope to see you then. Remember to submit your questions to questions at faithcommunitychurch.com. Until next time, God bless you.